Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, decarbonization, ESG, sustainability, investing, as well as transition energy, these are all terms that we've seen balloon over the last two years as everyone's looking to build back better post pandemic and an increasing focus on climate change issues. Global investment in clean energy will need to triple to an estimated $3.5 trillion annually by 2030, and nearly every Industry will need a period of heightened investment. So on the back of this, Singapore Bank DBS has just announced a landmark set of decarbonization commitments. What does that mean from a bank's perspective? We're going to find out. We're joined on the line now by Yolanda Chung, Head of Sustainability Institutional Banking Group at DBS. Yolanda, thank you so much for joining us today. Good afternoon, everyone. What we are committing today is that we want to be contributing DBS share of responsibility to tackle climate change. Okay. And we want to timeline of getting to near zero emissions in the financing that we do by 2050. But of course, 2050 is too far fetched. So we're setting interim targets for 2030, signposting where we want to get to for seven sectors that we've selected. Yolanda, let's take a look at those seven sectors that you mentioned. You announced decarbonization targets in power, oil and gas, automotive, aviation, shipping, steel, real estate. What exactly does that mean? What are your targets for these sectors? And what is the bank doing when it comes to these targets? Yes, well, when it comes to banking our clients, we have to be more selective these days who we bank more, who we bank less. And the Mm. determining factor is how carbon intensive those companies are. So for all the sectors that you've mentioned that we are setting targets for, we are basically saying we want them to produce goods and services essential for the economy, but their operations would have to be lower carbon in intensity. With one exception, which is oil and gas. For oil and gas, this particular sector, we know that fossil fuels ought to stay underground rather than being developed and consumed for the world economy to stay below the worst impact of climate change. As a result, for oil and gas, the particular sector, we're setting an absolute reduction target. All in all, what it means is we need our clients to help transition to net zero so that we can get to net zero as a bank, as their financier. You're launching this now, Yolanda, but how have the conversations been changing with your institutional clients when it comes to climate change? Because this has really been intensifying, isn't it, the conversations that we've seen on this front? They do come in a spectrum. Many of our SME customers, because they don't have as much capacity and capability Mm. in understanding environmental social governance issues, we help them with different tools. First of all, starting measuring their greenhouse gas emissions, and there are now technology solutions to help that. For our larger corporates, many of them are getting savvier and savvier about their sustainability obligations. We know regulators demand it, consumers demand it, their shareholders demand it. As a result, we see that the penny has dropped for many of them, and that has made it easier in our engagement efforts with the with the clients because they understand there is the imperative to decarbonize, to get to net zero. And what we want to do is to give them the financing solutions to facilitate that. 
And speaking of the penny dropping, I understand these seven sectors account for, what is it, 31% of the bank's outstanding loans, but constitute the vast majority of the institutional banking group's financed emissions. So what does this mean for DBS as a business? Well, the way to look at this number is that the starting point is we have picked the sectors that are the most carbon intensive in our portfolio. Mm-hmm. Those sectors that we've picked, the nine that you've mentioned, account for vast majority of the global greenhouse gas emissions in the atmosphere. And in spite of checking all the carbon intensive sectors in our portfolio, our exposure to them account for about one third or less than a third of our portfolio, meaning our exposure to carbon intensive assets is not that considerable. And as a result, the way to read that number is not the higher the better. We want to be able to demonstrate that we are managing climate risk. Okay, so going forward, perhaps Yolanda, you can share with us, what else is DBS doing on the ESG front? I mean, you mentioned uh, goals that you've got 2050 and now staggered goals to help you reach that 2050 target. I understand that DBS has also continued to build on its sustainable financing business, growing its sustainable finance portfolio to $52.7 billion. What else is happening? We are going to turbocharge our transition finance solutions. We've been a big advocate of transition finance. What that means is that we are looking beyond the usual dark green solutions that we have in the market, such as renewables and green real estate and mass transportation, but looking at some of the hard to abate sectors. Mm -hmm. What are they? It could be power generation. It could be the mining and metals operations. It could be the refinery. And all these sectors remain instrumental to the economy. As a result, we will help these hard to abate sectors make that transition. And when you're looking at transition, as you mentioned, it's it's kind of a, a brown, well, I'm going to say it's a grey sector, right? Because these are sectors that are known as, as polluters. It's a little bit harder for them to shift directly to green. How do you track and monitor that, though, to ensure that these companies are moving forward to that darker green? That's really a tall order in some <laughs> sectors. For example, shipping, we actually come through a maze of information to look at the emissions associated with the capacity carry in the cargo and the distance travel to work out the emissions of the individual mm. vessel that we have. And imagine doing that for your entire shipping portfolio. That is quite a time-consuming task. However, data is increasingly being available. There are now tech solutions that allow for the accounting of the emissions easier. As a result, we expect this task to become easier over time. That's great to hear. So perhaps you could tell us on a wider scale, what does all of this mean for the banking industry? For the banking industry, we need to own up to our share of responsibility to tackle climate change. We are the facilitator and allocator of capital. So who we bank, who we don't bank, who we bank more, who we bank less, would be a determining factor in directing capital towards the lower carbon activities. As a result, we want to be able to have that obligation shared as an imperative with the industry. That is not just about DBS alone. The industry as a whole has to step up. And on the back of that, Yolanda, do you see this then becoming a hygiene factor in the sense that we're going to see some form of ESG being, um, I guess, layered across all areas of institutional banking? It needs to be the base almost when it comes to looking at clients. Yes and no. I think it is becoming hygiene for banks to claim their sustainability credentials, Mm -hmm. but it does come in different shades of green. And there will be different starting points for financial institutions to think about their own sustainability transition. 
For DBS, we've been at it for a few years. So we are in a privileged position to start our net zero journey. Yolanda Chung, Head of Sustainability Institutional Banking Group at DBS. You are listening to Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.